Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Get your brand on board with our podcast and a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of 100,000 plus highly engaged music and comedy fans within our show and across ACAST's other famous podcasts. I'll even come up with a creative for you. Get in touch via producerpool.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works. A funny taste in music with Andrew Bird. Hello. There you are, look. Uh, right, this is going to be a quick intro, I'm not going to lie to you, I've got to take my son to the dentist. I've got to drive to Clapham, because we've still got a dentist in Clapham, because we used to live there. It's an hour and 40 minute drive to go to the dentist, people. Um, so, right, let's do this. It's a funny taste in music. I am going to interview my mate, Tom Deacon, who is a brilliant, funny comedian. Uh, I did, as he mentions, we did Austria together, some gigs in Austria. and We had a great time walking around Austria, talking about music and all sorts. He was a Radio 1 DJ, and uh, like a lot of DJs, I imagine he had a bit of imposter syndrome, as he mentions. So we talk about that. He's great company, Tom. I really like him. He's a really very, very funny comedian. You should go and see him. Uh, uh, we talk about uh, his love of cricket and how that somehow links to Paul Weller. That's all coming up. Please donate to the Patreon page uh, and come and see me on tour in October and November. Go to uh, my website, Andrew Bird Comedian to get tickets and info for that um and and oh john allen's new album's out and it's called meanwhile i got the name wrong so get john allen's album and listen to good music do that as well why not uh here comes tom deacon a funny taste in music the interview next hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So yes, you what? Uh, what you've worked in radio? You know music. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes, I have. That that little slight cough clearing my throat was nervousness. Uh, yes, Radio One. Uh, I had my own show on a Sunday night and would fill in 
for early breakfast for dev or i'd cover on you know the chart show once which was incredible um so yeah i know about music and what order to play it in that someone's given it to me so yeah i know <laughs> i know all about that and then i moved to capital which is commercial radio which is even more you've got 90 seconds to be something <laughs> and then you're going to play the music that we've played four times already this hour so yeah yes andrew bird i know about music yes uh but what do you uh is there songs sometimes on the radio that you've played and you've gone fuck no not again they're gonna blame me for this yeah well that's the way it works commercial radio with capital i think most people know this is not you going through your cd selection yeah but you must worry this again yeah i know all the time and what was very worrying when i'd got to that point after about a year of it was 10 to 4, get up in the morning, drive from London down to Hampshire every morning to to, to start at 6am. Um, th- I had this voice that I put on, um, apparently, my mates from back home, because uh, that's where the radio station was, would be like, mate, you can't be that excited about the Capital Jingle Bell Ball, are you? Are you really that excited about Taylor Swift performing? And I'd be like, listen, I am a performer and I have given a fantastic performance today to let people know how excited I am that this December you could be seeing all of these people and they're like mate turn it in will you um <laughs> so uh so yeah That's there's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift point. though oh, there's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift I've I, often thought that I've often thought that that's funny though I've not thought about I've not thought about being on radio with your mates listening going who's who's he think he is what's, yeah what's this voice it's like you're putting on a phone voice and yeah, your mates like, are going Mate, you've never told me you like Taylor Swift. You've never <laughs> ever said that you would love to see her in concert. And then, and and then also, but then the next thing they'll be like, "Sorry, mate, you know my um two two nippers." That's what we say down south uh, in Southampton. Nippers, your kids. My nippers want to go to that Capital Jingle Ball uh, thing, mate. Is there any chance I could get some tickets for free? Oh, now it's come full circle, hasn't it? Now you know they 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 would want the freebie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and they reckon that you've got the uh, guest list from Capital at your fingertips as well. But uh, I love, I have often thought that it's probably been done on some level. I used to think that when I worked in a factory, seven till five, you were very much at the mercy of the radio. And I often thought that as well. How I, I, I would do a radio, I'm not good in the mornings. There should be someone who's really not good in the mornings doing radio. There should be that. That ch- just someone going, oh, fuck, I'll just, I'm going to put something on now while I get a coffee because I can't, I can't handle this yet. Here's Sweet Home Alabama. There should be someone who does that show. 100%, but that's not, they can't allow that. I mean, the remit, even if you are so tired of the same stuff that you're doing every day and oh guess what jess glynn we're gonna play it now for the umpteenth time but but you had to be upbeat because you know people listened statistically they told us in enough meetings for about 20 minutes so that 20 minutes they need to hear the latest song that they love um and that's why they play it four times in two hours oh, they need to they hear it. that's like that is like you're trying to it's a bit like i didn't think of it like that it's a bit like street performing yeah, you've got 20 to get minutes them. you're trying to get people in. Yeah, and, and no one wants to hear the person who sounds like, oh, God, another day. Oh, it's Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Hang on. Let me just just check that it is Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, dear. Like, no one wants to hear that, apparently. But yet, there's a level where you do. cross. They do. They're wrong. Yeah, but there's a line that they cross, which is the, the saccharine, the kind of really sugary, sweet, you know, and, and unfortunately that's what my radio career came under is not a lot of me being me, but a bit, you're doing a teen show, Tom. So you need to talk about Glee and you need to talk about, uh, these new pop artists. Like I, and I'm going to take this as full credit, Carly Rae Jepsen's song, uh, call me, uh, I played its first ever play. And that is not a credit that I carry, uh, with real respect ever. I never, I never dropped that, uh, in a, in a pub chat and go, no. Carly Jepsen, call me maybe. Yeah. I had no, his first not, play. <laughs> yeah. You, you're not, you're not, you're not like Ed Sullivan going, you remember the Beatles? Uh, that was me. <laughs> I broke them in America. They're welcome. But you know, what really annoyed me was the fact that I played at the first play. Cause that was teen pop, really, really pop. 
songs would be played on my show and that's where it sat and that's fine uh i, I didn't mind but i i was listening to other stuff outside i was being a stand-up comic up and down the country being told to you know this that and the other and then i would come on there for the radio and then had to be pop had to be teen so what are you doing at school oh my word you're doing homework right now so it was a little bit fake but but then when carly ray jepson left a message for radio one she thanked all the other djs that had played her and then, but not me. And I was like, this is I'm like flipping a table. If you can imagine, I was like, that is ridiculous. And then bolted um, down in the radio studio. So you were just. So I just pulled my lats mainly. Just... <laughs> <laughs> You've done yourself some upper body damage in fury. Yeah. That is bad though. You broke her. You broke her. Well, I, I played a song and then you realise it doesn't matter. And then, you know, like One Direction, uh, Louis tweeting me saying thanks for the play or ed sheeran's doing the same and you're like ah, oh, i'm the i'm the kid how much power do i have and you realize you don't have much at all but uh very, very fun time playing a lot of music that i wouldn't necessarily listen to uh capital's one thing but but radio one was very much like i might find a band or an artist that i'd never heard of before so that was actually really really cool and working alongside giles peterson who was incredible the world music he would play um yeah so so ah so oh, my word i've heard him on gt gta5 that's giles peterson <laughs> like i've been gaming late at night uh, yeah. listening to him on a game and there he is in the studio across the way like so so some amazing musical experiences as well yeah yeah lovely i um the other thing i hope you never did this yeah. is the one that i hate the most about uh, radio is when they talk over the end of a song I can't stand that. It makes me want to take a radio DJ to a premiere of a new film. Sure. And then just before, 10 minutes from the end, just sort of start talking over it and just take him out. Go, right, we're going now. You're not, you're not seeing the end of this. Yeah, the end of a song is vital. Is it though? Is, yes. If it's, if, if, it's, if it's fading out, you've just got radio silence. There's a lot of tracks that they haven't edited when they first come through. This is getting a bit technical, but they haven't like edited it, it out and say Capital, they would have different versions of the song. So they'd have a three and a half minute version, yeah. two minute 50. So the only reason a DJ should ever, or presenter, let's call them what they are, a presenter should come <laughs> in and, and cut out the end of a song is because you've got to hit news or you've got to hit a certain time. That's the only reason they should, should come in. Oh, stop defending your people. They were my people, Andrew. I've left them now. No one calls. No one writes uh, yeah. now that I've left. Uh, <laughs> I like the I way bands... I don't know if you remember bands used to have a... Yeah, surely you remember that. Bands used to have a radio edit as a B-side. You can't have that as a B-side. <laughs> I love that. I love that story about... Um, that's what I didn't give a... You know, I love the way they didn't give a shit in the 90s. They didn't even think about radio edits. They thought, they need us. Yeah. Like... like Oasis, do you know what I mean? The first time they played it with all radio pluggers and that there, it was only then it dawned on Noel Gallagher. There's a minute of just aeroplane and helicopter noises before anything happens. It was at that point he went, oh, shit. Tom Petty, really, he had a, what, I think it was like eight minutes long, in the great wide open with Johnny Depp. And they, yes. went, they made the video and the song, and it was like eight minutes or something like that. And they said M, for MTV... And they were going, MTV, we'll never play that. It's too long. You can't have it. And someone said, just don't mention it. And they didn't. They just sent it. And it just got no one noticed. It's like eight minutes or something. They went, just don't, don't mention it. And they won't notice. So they didn't. But what... Um, the, uh, I love that. The, the thing is, though, they'd have an instrumental before the vocals kick in. And you're sort of trained in the world of uh, being a presenter on radio that's the official title you're yeah. not a dj anymore um right. anyone who would turn up with a cd you're like oh that's only if the queen uh bless her cotton socks pops them uh that's when you put on a cd and you just leave it leave it be like overnight or something like that but um uh but the, the thing with the radio is is you've got to talk to the vocal that's like a real skill that yeah. you're just timing everything but yeah Play it, play the song in its entirety or don't bother. That would be my take. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the name of your radio show. <laughs> yeah, and that's hence why I'm not on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, well, the weirdest thing, you know, you just mentioned about pluggers. Uh, well, that's, I 
didn't know that world. So immediately you're getting these contacts or an email from someone. Hi, I'm so-and-so's bands plugger. It'd be really great to just uh, get a, a, a snoop session or a listen session with you with the new album. Okay. And you'd be like, yeah, right. So there was like a fourth floor um, at the original Radio One, where you'd go up, you'd meet the plugger. They go, "Hi, hi, how you doing, Tom? You all right? Yeah, how's how's the radio show going? Is it all good? Yeah, yeah all good, Scott. Whatever." And uh, you go into a room. Definitely Scott. <laughs> Scott, it's got to be a Scott. Uh, definitely Scott. I didn't quite make it to Oxford or Cambridge, but uh, now I'm doing this because uh, my dad owns the company. But you know, I've got real plans to go travelling. Um, anyway, <laughs> you'd sit down in a chair opposite them. They'd put it into the CD player. They'd play the track to you, and you just had to sit there. Imagine this that as a concept. Horrific. This sounds awkward. And they, and they would be nodding their head, sort of ah, oh, like enthusiasm. Gareth from the office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the enthusiasm of like, this is good, right? And at the end, you'd have like a debrief, and you go, oh yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And they went, so do you think you could probably play that on your show? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. Talk that through. Can I take that free? CD, yeah, okay, brilliant. And then off you'd go, and then you would, if if you got a choice at any point to choose a song, if you wanted to, you could play that song, and that would be the closest, I guess, you would get to having a bit of control on what was played on Radio One. You could play certain songs when you were given an opportunity, oh, but the pluggers would, and then they would say, "Hey, do you want to come to a free gig and watch this band and build up a connection that then you can talk about on air?" A fascinating world, really fascinating. Oh yeah, that well. That when you hear on the radio that they've oh we went to this gig last night you know yeah it's all, invariably it's always a, like a massive one they they ain't dicking about with free tickets for someone they don't know Joe Wiley's not going to some unknown band she's going to a big band but yeah. uh, is, it, is it got VIP with a uh, free drinks at the side yep that's fine yep. yeah uh, we'll Joe Wiley them. will be there we'll play them I I went to best gig of of just giving it a chance was a band called the Civil Wars. Um, and they had a, a track called Poison and Wine, and I saw it at Shepherd's Bush, uh, would be the O2 Academy now, and just getting a free ticket, a meal with the plugger and some friends beforehand. And I took my girlfriend at the time, and I was just like, this is living. This is what it's all about. This is what radio, What this is the power. And then they, they were amazing, like uh, amazing. And then, and then the plugger was like, do you want to come and meet them in their dressing room? I was like, well, if they're fully clothed, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want any. <laughs> well, what are you drawing the line at? Topless, topless men, sweaty topless men. Would you? Could you handle that? Or you want them? Did you say oh, I want them fully showered and changed before I go back there? Shaved? Is shaved out of the question? I don't care if he's got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> but it, well, luckily, it's a it's a man and a woman as the as the civil wars. So that's oh, fine. Okay. Uh, but no, you just like, well, I don't want to inter interrupt and everything and just standing in a dressing room with loads of other people that are in the industry. And I just lent across eventually because uh, we wanted to go and I went, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. And then like a week later, I played them on Radio One and was able to talk about this incredible gig that happened. And I haven't listened to them since. But the point is, it was great to go uh, for, for a freebie. That was that's good. That, that I wonder if they knew you played them. Well, I'm sure they did. Sometimes, because you know when you hear bands when they say the first time they heard themselves on the radio, that must be amazing. Not knowing there's just you going, see if I can get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's what it felt like because I am not when I got um, signed to do a show on Radio One. It wasn't because I came from a music world. Um, so for me, I, I felt like I didn't have a credibility. I didn't have, you know, who cares what I think about music? But yeah. given this responsibility for the A-list, B-list, C-list of, of music that's played on my show and talking about it with passion and the more music that I would go and see, the more I was able to talk about it or have a story to tell. Um, and you talk about those big gigs. It just came to my mind. Uh, Radio One's big weekend, Lady Gaga was on stage and all the other DJs, sorry, presenters pulled rank and they were at the side of the stage watching Lady Gaga just having an amazing time. But someone, Andrew, needed to be in on air just in case the music dropped out. 
So me and my producer were sat in a tiny little shed thing at the, at miles away on another side of it. We couldn't really hear her, but we could watch her on the telly just in case she stopped talking or the music stopped. I would have to come in on air and go, so you're listening to Radio 1, um, currently the Radio 1's big weekend and Lady Gaga's on stage and there's a man with an inflatable trumpet that's just walked past the stage. Like, I was just giving like an audio <laughs> voiceover and then I go, oh, she's back on again. Uh, here it is. I, so I, yeah, I got, you know that was my role i was you were the, was, the, the lighthouse keeper pretty much and i didn't <laughs> mind because i was like it's so cool to be here <laughs> yeah it'd be good if you went the other way and went uh this is uh radio one someone's someone's got to look over things while all the other fuckers are there watching lady gaga hope you're enjoying it at home as well i'm in a shed but uh and that's i can smell I creosote i can smell creosote <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what that's if i was to do it again now i would do it in in that way i would be more of the stand-up comic as opposed to trying to be into into music which i wasn't necessarily into that yeah, much you and, lasted about a week yeah and i'd have got booted yeah. but at that same festival they were like tom uh zane lowe's running late so um you're gonna have to interview the foo fighters and i was like what so, i was like so, sorry and they were like yeah, yeah you don't worry about it dave got this you'll be fine they're nice guys don't annoy them uh do you know you know about the foo fighters right you know all their songs i was like yeah, 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 big time. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, teen Spirit, yeah. I, I know Teen Spirit. And they were like, you're oh, joking, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 of course I'm joking. All right, bye, boss of Radio 1. <laughs> and I'm panicking and I'm calling around, trying to get a signal at a festival site going, oh no, I need to, um, I'm about, and I called you my mate. You Google Foo Fighters. No, I knew who they were, Andrew, yeah. but they weren't my band. They, yeah, and you yet, to... you know, on Radio 1, you are essentially talking, when you're talking about certain bands or, or music, there are some diehard fans out there that can't wait to tell you that you've got something wrong. You said the wrong lyric, oh, you yeah, did this yeah. one. And yet I'm there about to blag it. And, um, and my mate's like, you cannot learn enough about the Foo Fighters in this amount of time or Dave, Dave Grohl so, to, so just you nearly don't worry David about it Grohl. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> that would have been a mistake David so I David. hear drum as well <laughs> that's good do you feel like that's multitasking give you a few avenues revenue streams so that if it doesn't go well with this band you can also join another one is that <laughs> <laughs> are you planning to uh, learn to play the kazoo at any point David Grohl <laughs> can I call you DG DG. Anyway, luckily, thank goodness, uh, I didn't have to interview them. Uh, Zane oh, Lowe turned up, but oh. but but like that was a, like as much as I realised at that point that there are people who are, and I'm going to say it politely, quite fascist in their music uh, taste oh, yeah, and what yeah, they yeah. like. Proper music uh, yeah. fascist. I, I think I'm almost in that category. Probably am. Yeah. A bit. And that's why car journeys with a comedian like yourself would be. You know, it would be great because I would learn. But you have to when you're hanging out with a music fascist. You have to be in the. I am ready to listen and receive information, not offer my opinion on stuff. Oh uh, no, I'm not quite that bad. Oh okay. I did a. I did a week. I did a three four days with Mick Ferry in Cyprus, uh, doing the gigs in Cyprus, and he had his laptop out. And I said, Yeah, I'm gonna. I've really got a load of writing to do. I'm gonna try and write. That's why I'm using this two three days away as writing. Yeah, 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 me as well. Got his laptop out and just DJ'd at me for three days. And I remember <laughs> after about the th second day, I think I said, oh, have you heard of... Do you, I think you'd like these. And he's went, yeah, right, anyway. And then just put something else on. Wouldn't even, no. wouldn't even listen to who they were. Wouldn't even entertain the idea of me <laughs> introducing something but, to him. But, um, but I love that passion. I, w I wish I was that passionate about a particular band a bit diehardy a bit like let me tell you everything and i've ordered their t-shirt three times uh just in case i put a bit of weight on during lockdown um you know and, and and i respect that like my girlfriend's sister is getting married this year and her fiance is like that his laptop you know is out and he's got all his all the music he likes is on there and i said oh could um have you tried this one he went no 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 this this laptop has got the music on it we can't go looking for other stuff if it doesn't have it. And that, that's essentially it. There was no... Yeah. It's a shut, let's, shut house. It's a shut yeah. door. But when you impress someone who loves music that much or, or likes a particular style, he said to me, go on, what other bands would you listen to back in the day? What would you listen to? And I went, oh, I really liked Alexis on Fire. Uh, because And they're really quite rocky. And um, 
and he was just like what and it's changed his whole perspective and, and perception of me he's like i would have i would have never thought you'd have said that and now keeps messaging me like yeah yeah honestly that's really cool like like you've 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 passed the test with that person because you knew about a track that they love and yeah. and i yeah and and you feel good about yourself and i think that's my music journey throughout the years has been being told you gotta like this and go yeah all right okay i'll get into them and then just being swayed by different genres of music so it's very eclectic and yeah i, I, I don't mind that but, but i'm never the one telling people no this is good you have to like this right no yeah i can see that i can see you're you're taking it on board from other people <laughs> yeah. and quietly in your head going oh you, you, i think you'd like these but i don't dare say it yeah that's me yeah 100 i try but then i think you're right though because then when you do say something people are more likely to give it a go because because I, I, I often go, oh, have you, oh, you'd love these, or have you heard the new, their new song, and blah, 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 blah. And I know myself, when people tell me, even people that in the past have been right about music, tell me, oh, you should listen to these. I always go, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking in my brain, I'm never going to do that. I've got enough on. I've not got, I've not got Johnny Marr's last album. How am I going to have time for that? <laughs> no, I, there's just not enough time, is there? But, but, but I'm still but, interested but, to know, uh, we've let it go. I want to go back. I'm still interested to know if you had interviewed the Foo Fighters, right? Oh, yeah. What, what, what was going to be your opening question? <laughs> what, what questions had you thought of? What, what were oh. you going to, how were you going to try and blag it? I would have, I'm, I'm about creating a good vibe and a good energy. So I'd have asked them how they're feeling um, about the gig they're about to perform. It yeah. would be all the standard questions that you'd have to ask. Are you excited to be here in the middle of the UK that you've probably never been to uh, for Radio One's big weekend? Uh, yeah. do, do you know anything about this place? Um, what's it been like? How's the new album? Stuff, the general stuff to try and get the gold nugget that they say something or let out a story or basically I, I would have, I would have been um, screwed. Andrew is <laughs> what, what would have happened. <laughs> you know but it's it's harder than you think though um, when you see you see some interviews with musicians and you because because as comedians we get we don't get interviewed as much but when we do we don't we're not expected to explain shit as much as musicians are and mm. a lot of their songs they, they don't even know how they wrote them and then you've got a radio dj that doesn't know anything about them presenter that doesn't know anything about them asking them about a song they don't know how they wrote I mean, I don't know what, what good can come out of that. As you can sometimes see them go, oh, fuck this question again. Um, but then again, but when I talk to musicians, which is rare, I hear myself asking them the same shit. I've heard them be asked about a thousand times. How do you write your songs? And that yeah, because, just comes out. Yeah, but the, I think you have to, you know, like with every interview, say it's a 10 minute interview, there's going to be one minute of really good, interesting stuff. And the other nine minutes is building them up, getting them comfortable, yeah. asking the questions that they start talking again uh, about themselves and then getting over that. And then that one minute is just gold. And that's the bit you clip up and go, yep, I had a chat with so-and-so. This is what they said. That's kind of how you have to look at it. I mean, at Capital, interviewing Jess Glynn, I remember, uh, was she'd had radio, the Manchester Capital ask her some bonkers questions. And then we had to ask the same ones and then get out the little gems and yeah it's hard it's hard to sound interested about something that you don't necessarily want to do which is no musician wants to plug they just they've done it they've created it now they're moving on to the next thing yeah oh god yeah what's the what's the uh what's how what's i think she'd be tricky <laughs> jessica she's fucking brilliant she's got an amazing voice but incredible i bet she don't want to talk about it no she's kind of known they were like oh we got an interview with jess glynn we've got to think of something good to to get a bit of energy out of her in the morning because we can't play jess glynn sort of yeah it's really nice to be touring and blah 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 it's got to be upbeat because it's half six in the morning we need it to be um yeah really hard but yet you musically really respect someone you're like oh what an incredible voice but you can't keep saying that to someone <laughs> yeah, good point because yeah, you're yeah, like you've, you've recognized my angle already I've been... yeah. what voice, a voice it? what a voice but imagine jess glenn it's sunday night you want a sunday roast what's on your plate <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good dj i quite like that already 
That's good. She's like, oh, well, um, I, I don't really eat meat, so it's just potatoes and veg. Jess Glynn on Capital, here's her new song. You know, it's... <laughs> That's but like, up an afternoon radio there. What but, I'd have said to her, do you approve of people that have a Yorkshire pudding even though they've not had beef? How'd you, oh, wow. where'd you side on that? I think you can have a Yorkshire, like, with anything. Whenever you, whenever you want. If you want Absolutely. one, have one. Because Absolutely. that's the way I am. I am malleable. I am not a confrontation person, Andrew. Yeah, these... I will just, just sit back. You have what you want. Same with music. Listen to whatever you want, as long as I don't have to listen to it. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't, you haven't nailed your colours to the mast at all yet with your music. So when, when you were playing music, if you had your own radio show, what's... Uh, Start, it's in the new show tomorrow. It's the Tom Deacon show. What's your opening track? All the right. big opener. The big opener. And I was thinking about this in many respects. Not that I knew this question was coming from you. You put me on the spot and I like to prep. So I'm, I'm screwed now. Um, Finley Quay. Heard oh. of him? Yes. I don't know what song though. You... It's a Sunday tough Shining. one. Sunday Shining. Just, oh. just upbeat. Just really like, Hello. That's an old tune. And the rest of the music probably won't follow suit. So don't think it's going to connect in any way. It's just off my playlist. It's eclectic. And I'll tell you who told me to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll I'll tell you our relationship. (laughs) That should be on radio more as well. More honest DJs go, right, I'm going to play this now. I don't even really know it. Someone told me to listen to this. I don't even know if it's any good yet. Here we go. And then you find out, oh, I've just looked on the news to see what they're up to. I hope they do well in that court case, but all the best to them. <laughs> Remember, uh, we've just played that song. Let's try and bear in mind, everyone, innocent till proven guilty. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. But I mean, I, I, I really liked his album because uh, my, my stepdad had it and I just played it and it's just such a cool album. But then you look at it, his sort of minor breakdown just just likes a tipple that's Finley Quay he likes a tipple and yeah. gets himself into trouble like every rock star uh, but I'd, I would probably start with that because it's such an upbeat one but then to be honest it would probably be all intro music that I like for my stand-up comedy gigs when I'm performing and I go could oh, you play yeah. that you know yeah like, it's a tricky but, one a good intro you know what one I've gone with I've mentioned him before that I wanted to go with uh, uh, Tom Petty Last yeah. Dance with Mary Jane. It's a problem. That's a good one. Um, but does it work? How do you find when you've walked on to some really music, some good music that you're like, you're like for an Edinburgh show, you're like, yeah, yeah, this will get them in the mood. And you walk out and you feel like you talk. you're the rock star. And you go, yeah. you're right. Good afternoon. Oh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> don't know. We'll wait until you've taken off your cagoules and that. It is pretty horrible weather up in Edinburgh, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you're hilly. Just, hilly, isn't it? Hilly. Um, yeah, I was uh, I always find myself half apologising for the music I've just chosen to walk onto. I would sort of go, sorry about that. I can't really justify that. Yeah, um, I uh, I tell you a good. Oh, that's not good. That was me. Uh, Is that my time? Is that my time? Done. We have to wrap this up. Uh, no. No, I didn't put it on aeroplane mode. I tell Don't you, talk good, over the vocals. Do not talk over the end of this song. <laughs> <laughs> a good, a good outro song. I keep, I keep thinking the, uh, the sort of reprise bit of "I'm the Resurrection," Stone Roses. Just the, the musical bit at the end. I'm going to use that at some point. That'd be nice. As you I walk just need off to stage, do some good gigs to justify it. You can't do that to twelve people. Maybe midway through a really, really good gig in front of those twelve people, you just tell the technician. Play the good song at the end, like you know it's going really well, so you can just inform them, and then, or you could just like, don't bother, just across the side, don't bother. <laughs> That's it's fine. a good just way silence. to start. Yeah, good way to start. Right, just so you know now, everyone, I've got quite enough lifting, sort of brilliant song to play at the end. That sort of, you know, as a triumphant end of the night. It's been a good gig, whether I play that or not will uh, show whether I think this went well or not. Yeah, like the, the, then 10 minutes in, just going, don't bother with that track, mate. <laughs> Take it out now. 
<laughs> That'd be a good idea for a show. I like that. But just, the, as... just the worrying thing is that when they eject the CD, it's louder than the response you're getting from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. I've had that. I once did a gig, I could hear the fridge buzzing behind the bar. Um, That's funny as well in Edinburgh when you have a big outro song as well that you've put a lot of thought and effort into and the audience are out before the first bar of the song. There's only 12 of them, they're gone. The guitar's not even coming yet. And you ask them, did you you listen to the song? Did you get it? Because it was about, um, I'm better now. And and that's the whole point. I'm better now that the show has gone through a breakup and now I'm better now. I didn't hear it. I was getting a drink. Okay, yeah. that's fine. No, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine, mate. That, Don't worry. Yeah, the lyric. If you if you listen to the lyrics of the second verse, they actually um they 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 you know they they're, they're important for what I was talking about during the show. I had my coat over my head, mate. I didn't hear it. I, I was arguing whether I would have paid that money for that show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. No, I think I, we overpaid. I was uh I was agreeing what Steve Bennett was about to write. Uh. <laughs> I uh yeah I I yeah I was I I asked you that then what intro song would you have uh on the radio I have I found I I once did a a show as a co-host once a week for a while and I had to choose one song and I thought about it all week yeah just the pressure of it because it like with music it kind of represents who you are a bit that's why uh when you ask somebody what music do you like, quite often they'll go in public. They'll say yeah, a bit of everything because it sort of says who you are, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, th- that's why it was really good. I remember uh, listening to Chris Moyles do an interview when I was at Radio One, and he summed it up perfectly. He said, "Listen, not every track I would I would listen to always my taste, but you know what? If I play a whole plethora of different music." I'll find something I would have never heard that I really, really like. So actually that's why. And I thought that was a really sort of humble way of, you know, putting it down and say, look, you're not going to like everything, but there's some real gems here. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I, I kind of took that, that on board and, you know, like finding Ben Howard and I thought his first album and like, tracks like Old Pine were brilliant. Uh, and then I just became more and more aware that my music's quite low key. <laughs> I'm like, for car journeys, people are like, could you just play something a little bit more upbeat so we don't fall asleep? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sometimes do that. I put myself, I've done that driving to a gig. I've put myself in a mood before I got to the gig. It's like, fuck, why, was I, why did I play Elliot Smith the whole way here? I'm in no mood to be funny now. Do, do you know what? I, I um, this, this occurred to me when I was a lot young, um, during the lockdown last year and then we were out of it, I started playing cricket again, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And I remember being a teenager uh, down south uh, in Southampton playing cricket one time and I'd, I'd taken a CD uh, off my stepdad and it was Paul Weller and I put it on. And I loved it. And it, but it wasn't his, like, his best. It was like, uh, there was a track called Holy Man on it. Um, so it was, we're talking 1997. No, it was an old album. And there's one track, uh, Got the Moon on Your Pajamas and the Stars in Your Eyes. It wasn't his, you know, yeah. rocky hits. numbers. <laughs> his hits, yeah. It was the, the album that no one listened to, probably. Uh, and I listened to it and went out that day and hit the highest score I'd ever hit. And so from that point, that album, Paul Weller, is the... Every time I'm going to cricket now, I'll have to play a little bit of Paul Weller. Rewind a little bit. Last year, I go to Ropley. I think it's just outside of, of London towards the A3 or Ropley. And I, I miss the turning for the cricket ground. I pull into the side. I spin the car around and a guy walks past, looks like the spit of Paul Weller. And I yeah. was like, was that tempted to wind down the window and be that person that I never am and go, hey, hey Paul Weller. <laughs> and then just drive onto the cricket ground play the game at the end of the game we're having a pint uh, at the bar there and i said oh i'll tell you what your area around here you've got a uh, paul weller lookalike and she went no no that is paul weller and uh, i was like no and she was like yeah he's got his music st- his his mum lives here he's got his music studio over across the woods there and like it was that serendipity that like i listen to paul weller i see paul weller oh my god that's like that's the power of i don't know like yeah. it's got that emotional attachment to so back like way back and then yeah, so Paul Weller's what I listen to before I play cricket, just always now. That's what I... You often hear about football players, what music they listen to. Apparently, it's always awful. It's like, you know, R&B and everything, some weird, you know, sweary R&B. And there's just one bloke who goes, oh, I like a bit of indie. 
in the but you on the way to cricket, Paul Weller. No, yeah, no one talks about the moon on what... your pajamas and the stars in your eyes. And, I thought and you were like, going to say yes. That bloke looks a bit like Paul Weller. He'll know where the cricket ground is because <laughs> I listen to Paul Weller. That's what I thought you were going with that. I'll ask him because yeah. it's linked somehow. Yeah. And um, and it actually was Paul Weller on the way to cricket. And I, and I was expecting you to say, and that day I hit my first century. Oh God, no. if if only. When I hit 50, I'm retiring. Uh, <laughs> that is it. Uh, that's my goal. But but the, the fact that Paul Weller was there, and what would I have said? To, and once I realised three, four hours later after playing cricket that it was Paul Weller, there was this immediate like, oh, I've got to, maybe he's still around. Like there was yeah. in my brain, you know, I'm in my 30s and I was like, I've got to, but what would I say to Paul Weller? Oh, Paul, you'll never guess. You know that album you did that not everyone was really keen on well i really liked it and i play it for cricket he would have just looked at me like i, I don't need to... know i think that that well, would he, he would he wouldn't be... have heard, no one would have ever said that to him before <laughs> that might That's be true. as musicians they must every now and again they must they, i don't know what like because sometimes the stand-ups when someone says oh i love that like that bit that you do we kind of just go yeah all right, yeah cheers whatever and you don't we should probably take that a bit. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's really nice. But musicians get it all the time. But I bet sometimes there must be different ones like that, that they can't, they probably can't get their head around the fact that somebody out there listens to them on their way to cricket <laughs> every time they play cricket. But I remember that when I was a kid um, going to rugby on a Sunday and it was about, it was a good half an hour drive. I used to play rugby quite far away and um, for another team because I was fucking good. So, um, so he's going to Northampton. Sorry, did that, it, it would, that, would that, the mic pick up the clang there? Would it, will it pick up the clang that when you just drop that? Yeah, um, yeah, I think it, I okay, think good. I've got it, I've got the treble high enough for that. Um, but I remember, yeah, I remember music, we playing music all the time on the way to rugby in my dad's van and uh, in the car on the way. And I've, I don't know why, I've got a really clear image of listening to the birds on the way to rugby every sunday for weeks and weeks and still now when i hear that and uh and beatles rubber soul i listen to that over and over again in the pissing rain on the way to rugby you know when you get you know when you go to play sport and you pull up in the car at the rugby ground or cricket ground you get that little sense of um uh nervousness and excitement mm. that you're about to go and play the sport nerves that you you're playing a really good team you might get thrashed and it's absolutely pissing down and you've got that dread of, oh, do I have to get out of the fucking car and go and put shorts on to be in this? And I just remember uh, Rubber Soul, Beatles play, and I still now, any song off that album makes me think of being in a car in the pissing rain, not wanting to get out and play rugby in December. I don't think that's what John Lennon and Paul McCartney were shooting for when they recorded that. <laughs> No, but that that's that's kind of I, I suppose you're right. Paul Weather would have liked to have been interrupted in his day going about his business where some lad and I call him myself a lad, pulls mm. down the, the window of the car, and goes, Oh Paul, you know, I really really liked your music when I was growing up and I still listen to it. All right, have a great day. You're kind of thanking them in a way and, and just saying But then then there's some artists who'd probably be really annoyed to find out they're in someone's sort of playlist of, you know, sexy time songs, you know? <laughs> like yeah. is that what they wanted? Is that what they wanted? You know, when they created this, this masterpiece in their head, they wanted it to be part of a sexy time or a breakup song. You know, did they yeah. want that? Yeah. If, uh, you, you, you strike me, by the way, you've just mentioned breakup songs. You strike me as a, as a fairly, fairly sensitive chap. I imagine you've, uh, you had your heart stomped on a few times. If you, if you had, it's funny songs that become your breakup songs that you never, never intended or some that are too perfect and you're actually annoyed about i had that once where i had i got dumped and then and just before that and it was still a big song at the time oasis stop crying your heart out oh, i was like no. oh come on oh, no. come on that's too cliche come on i don't want that at the moment oh man have you had some awful breakup songs <clears throat> uh awful breakups i didn't know this was this sort of oh no don't don't mention them just the songs oh, okay. that go with them that's all i'm interested in well, i'm not interested in your emotional agony oh okay fair enough because when we gigged not that long ago uh in austria 
um, and and Budapest, uh, which is not a country, it's the capital of Hungary. So we went there. Uh, yeah. But you know, I thought we connected. I thought that's why you wanted me on this show to really yeah, sort yeah. of open up, like we. Uh, yes, yeah, we uh, had some nice chats. We talked about music a bit. Then you talked about a little bit then about being on the radio and the thing of. I spoke to somebody else about working in radio. You constantly feel a bit like an imposter. I think <laughs> half the people in radio must feel a bit like that, unless you, you know, John Peel. That's oh, it. What I, imagine, I imagine everyone who worked in radio while John Peel was there must have been like, "Well, oh, I'm not. I'm not no John Peel." Peel. Uh, it was. It was mad. Like, what, what, right? There's two two questions you've asked with the breakup, and but I'll come to that in a second. Walking into Radio One, I, I never forget. I turned to my side. You got Zane Lowe who I thought was was quality, like bringing new music and the passion he would bring to his show. You look over to the side, you've got Sarah Cox, you've got Joe Wiley, uh, you've got Fern Cotton. There was, the, uh, you know, Chris Moyles is there. Just these these stars that I've sort of looked up to have been on TV and I'm just like, what am I doing here? Um, and I'll never forget being called in by Zane Lowe because for some reason he would like, get me the deacon get me the deacon and then that's what he would put through into the to the what, the what was the live lounge there on the speaker and i'd come on in and he would be like oh hey how's it going i want to get you in for a versus show and i was like oh, sorry a versus you pick your five tracks i'll pick my five tracks we'll do it and i was like and and like, people would love to have done that and i got to do it and just panicking you said about one song that you were panicking about five songs to go to whatever the theme was he chooses a track you choose one to go versus him right. like it was iconic and my mind's like i shouldn't be here how long I did should you have not to be here for that not long enough i chose <laughs> them <laughs> so that's i remember my girlfriend at the time said you cannot choose these songs and i was like i am choosing paul weller it is my cricket song moon on your pajamas and she's like you are gonna get rinsed from this radio one crowd and i'm like i don't care let me be me and i turned up and i was like yeah stereophonics yeah this is my track to go with back to back with yours uh and then everyone was like this is a brilliant tune and then what stereophonics yeah. one did you choose uh off the first album uh i can't remember Andrew bird i can't remember but off the first album one of the more than one of the more upbeat rocky ones uh kids in a photograph something like that local uh, boy in the photograph that's the one yeah right, classic a classic it, don't get me wrong it's a classic tune um but uh it wasn't my breakup song see what i did there yeah. uh it wasn't my breakup song yeah. uh, which for me there is i really liked outcast i was quite into hip hop which again didn't fit with radio one uh and i really liked um they, they they brought out an album after miss jackson all of that on a bit um they had an andre 3000 and a big boy it was a double cd yeah Ooh. so one side you had all the big boy tracks they had andre 3000 and andre 3000 had a song called take off your call with Nor nora jones oh my that is a that breakup one where it's just oh tears mate if i listen to that now it's just it just takes you back to how she was so wrong and i was so right <laughs> don't do this tom <laughs> yeah listen you not know again you're over this grow up tom you're not ready to be in a relationship i am i am you know all of that <laughs> <laughs> honestly see me when i'm 35 i'll be buying a house and looking at pegs for the washing line i can do this <laughs> <laughs> But it's yeah. but but it's no song of 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 that anyone would really sort of think that's a breakup song. But yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It's that song in that moment uh, that that just transcends me back to there. Or Maggie Rogers uh, was an artist that came out because Pharrell Williams. There was a it went a viral sensation. He was at an art college and then listened to her her track. And then she has a career out of it now. And there's a track called Alaska. And I listened to that EP after coming out of a pretty big relationship. And I just listened to it constantly. And now if I listen to it, I, it, I don't know, it takes me back there. So I can't quite listen to it anymore because I'm just like, well, that's not who I am now. So if I listen to that, I start getting those feelings come back again. So, yeah. um, so a lot of music is dead to me, about 30 uh, tracks <laughs> oh i know what you mean. breakups there, yeah <laughs> there are there are songs now that uh that i just like i can't listen to that now i can't mm. i can't it reminds me of that person i just can't yeah. uh there's i've got a song that uh that made me realize someone like later she dumped me and i had some uh 
breakup music from that. But uh, uh, before that, I was obs- like, you know, your first first girl that you're obsessed with when you're like 18. And um, I thought, you know, thought she was perfect. And the one, fi- the first chink that I thought, oh, maybe she's, maybe she is a bit of a dick, was yeah. uh, Stone Roses, I Want to Be Adored. I was there with my mate Ollie and his girlfriend and we were talking about the Stone Roses. We just getting into them. We were like young. And uh, and they both went, oh, they're that one. They've got that song about I want to be a door. Why would you want to be a door? And then they both went to the bar and we looked at each other and went, they're fucking idiots. That was, uh, that was the first time. <laughs> now, we still want to hear that. I think I was right. She was an idiot. I was yeah. bloody right. But that's the beauty of music. As long as I don't have to listen to it, we can still be in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but my, but in talking to that, my, my parents, my mum and my stepdad are still together and they have different music tastes to the point where growing up, again, I think there was that connection in my head with Giles Peterson listening to him and he had world music. My stepdad listened to world music. He's a, he's a, he's a man from Stafford uh, in the Midlands but would yeah. go to gigs when he was growing up. And he t- told me this amazing story, going to watch Nina Simone in Coventry, of all places, and sort of deftly silenced because she commanded it of the room. You know, yeah. if, any, if she wasn't in the right mood or someone was making too much noise, gig's over, cancelled. And he, he always remembers, just in the middle of one of her songs, his comb that says how long ago it was, his metal kind of comb, <laughs> the comb fell out of his pocket. His, yeah, fell out and made this clang. On, and there was like Nina Simone stops the gig. It's his favourite, like, I was at a gig and almost ruined it <laughs> moment because his comb fell out. Uh, <laughs> which, Jesus Christ. Which I just up. love. That's yeah. an, well, that really puts an image in your head of how much she commands a room yeah. that you could hear you could not not quite hear a pin drop. You could hear a nick comb drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's a nick comb. But uh, it's like in the, the wave back in whenever it was sixties or whatever, like or seventies, yeah, yeah. like just enjoying it. But I, I, to his musical influence of all that um, world music, listening to sort of like um, uh, musicians from Africa, everything. Early on a Saturday morning, for a, he'd get a good hour in. Eventually, my mum would be like, "Can you turn that off now? That is it. We've had enough. You've had your hour." Uh, <laughs> and he he was the real like he had his speakers and that kind of he had his music and then my mum had hers and but they still could coexist and I think that's a beautiful thing. So look, it doesn't matter about the door or whatever that track was, Andrew. It doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned your stepdad a couple of times, so clearly the music he listened to has seeped into your brain. I love the way he got he got about an hour. Like his own show. Yeah. He presented his own show. I've got a Saturday morning show presented to myself. Yeah. And then it is quickly edited at the end by my wife. Yeah. She, and, like, uh, and, That's too yeah. loud. It's too loud. Put your headphones on if you're going to listen to that. Um, it gets to the end of the track and instead of and now the news and now lunch. Turn it off. <laughs> oh, but but I think that's the music influence I had was in, in the house of him listening to all sorts of world music uh, and then <clears throat> listening to, to Jules Holland. Well, we did, we listened to it and watched it and he'd be like, this is brilliant. Oh, you'll love these. And, and I, so he would, yeah. he would sort of, you know, plant seeds of, Oh, this is what good music is. And, and then yeah. you'd either go and run with it or you, or you wouldn't. Jules, I think Jules Holland is one of the last ones of, um, like I watch Jules Holland and then there'll be, you know, Stereophonics, someone else and someone else I love. And then there'll be a lady from Africa dressed all in traditional African clothes. Yeah. And usually if that was on telly, you'd, you'd be like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. But because it's on Jules Holland, it's between a load of bands you like. You're like, you find yourself, your brain growing, going, I'm going to give this a chance. Yeah. Jules Holland likes it. Jules knows what he's on about. It's, it is, and sometimes you'll never listen to them again. But you're quite proud of yourself that you gave it a full, yeah, a full chance. That that that's that's what it's all about. Like th- that. Mu- I mean, my dad would occasionally put it on mute and just go, "No, <laughs> nothing." <laughs> so we'd still be watching yeah. it, but it would be on mute. You go, "What's this din?" It would just refer din. to it as a din. <laughs> What's this din? And Cracking then word. Uh, and then we'd put it back on again. The sound would come on. But I went. I had the absolute treat of going to watch a Jules Holland being recorded. Oh, uh, how long ago? Were you uh, a kid? T- no, tw- 2017. Went to watch, and they had the 
like a few of them from beautiful south were on wolf alice was on some punky band was on. like i couldn't tell you what like i had show. no idea it was amazing but but what was brilliant for that three hours i was at the most eclectic mad gig as a live audience going i didn't know this song before but i don't have to i'm i'm in the moment i'm in that vibe and i think that's what it does create uh but I, I would, you know, like I wouldn't, you wouldn't put it all together. You wouldn't blend it. But that's what Jules, he's the last bastion of music's music. And it's really good. And you're going to really like this track and this band and this one uh, come all the way from America. And then you listen to me go, well, they shouldn't have done. They were, they were poor. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> what a wasted ticket. But, the, but, but you love music by the end of it. You're like, that's why music's good, isn't it? And I, I think I think I love the most about Jules Holland's show is when it cuts to a member of another band watching a band and nodding along and going, and you can sense even the bands there are going, oh, I didn't know these. These are brilliant. Yeah. I love that. It's our, it's our tradition. Uh, New Year's Eve, always watch Jules Holland. Oh, snap. Uh, m- mine too. Small family. We're not going out. Jules Holland's on. And then, uh, yeah. And then it'd be like, yeah, you're in a dancing sort of, yeah, I'm up upbeat but you know ignoring the fact it was recorded a long time ago but it doesn't matter yeah, it doesn't like matter November. like yeah. nov but uh and my brother i'll get texts from my brother just abusing people that on oh, i hate her i hate her how can you hate her you don't like her music you don't hate her i hate her yeah he hates them the essence I, I, of them uh my dad and me and my mum as well be like oh hang on a minute jules holland would walk over to the piano now for an accompaniment with both Sing a song, and you're like, no, right, no. That's the worst part of Jules Island when he sits down and jams with a band. Forget it. I, lo- I, tell you, I love. I absolutely love. There's, you can't not like Jules Holland, but some some of his interviews, when he he just goes up to someone and goes, "Hello, so you're having a good time? Your brother? Uh, you've got a brother? There's brothers in this band, isn't there?" And they were like, "Yeah." <laughs> but, uh, do you know what that's what i'd have done with the foo fighters i would have yeah. uh, taken on board my jules holland and, and asked them the most ridiculous pointless questions and then walked away I, I, that's how i would have dealt with it uh, yeah, yeah. your brothers i believe some of your brothers do, do you have brothers oh and are they musicians no well have a great evening <laughs> but um uh uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know Paul? Well, I, I, I play him before cricket. Do you like cricket? Um, I did. Do you know what I did watch the other day, though? You might want to watch now. You're a massive fan of the Foo Fighters. Um, there's on BBC iPlayer, I can't remember what it's called, with Dermot O'Leary, where he he does a, he, he has a, a musician, he plays clips and chats to them. I can't remember what it's called, on BBC iPlayer, and he has Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, and they, he shows bits of Nirvana and stuff like that. Then he shows this thing. You've got a YouTube it where they play um, a thousand musicians in a field play a Foo Fighters song. No. And at the end of it, uh, in Italy, somewhere in Italy, a thousand people play um, Learn to Fly, Foo Fighters. Choreographed. And at the end of it, they say, do a message saying the Foo Fighters, please come and play here. No way. Thousand fucking like hundred drummers all drumming That's... at the same time. It's the most incredible sound. And then Foo Fighters went and played there for them. That's awesome. You've got to YouTube it. Uh Foo Fighters Thousand Rockers or something it's called. It's brilliant. That's what I'd ask Dave Grohl about. Yeah. It's too late. Too late now. It's too um, late so, now. so what did your but... mum listen to? If your dad your stepdad listened to world music and your mum listened to quite different stuff. Can you remember what she listened to? Mate, bit of Phil Collins. Who doesn't like a bit of Phil Collins? I love a bit of Phil Collins, yeah. Uh, Sometimes I'm not even sure if Phil Collins likes Phil Collins. <laughs> exactly. We went we went once uh in Southampton at the Mayflower to watch the Kinks perform when I was <clears throat> five or probably about that age, and I fell asleep during the uh, support act and then woke up at the end of the gig uh and I'd missed the Kinks. I was there. But I fell asleep in the seats. Uh, I think that's kinks. acceptable at five. Yeah, but, you know, missed, missed out on the kinks. My mum's got, like, a, again, an eclectic tape, but she's never the one thinking, I'm going to put the music on. It's my no. dad who's taken over the, the you know, Yeah, so I asked this. I can't remember my mum ever putting on music apart from Sunday cleaning. I can't remember. Like, in the week, she never went, oh, bit of music. 
Mm. That never really happened. But you saw that... I mean, there's been some... I've asked people what their first gig was on this a lot. The first live gig. Five kinks. That's a good one. It's up there, isn't it? It's not bad. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, but I wasn't the person who would go to... Get, I think I stole... Uh, when I say stole... We'd been to Tesco's as a kid, uh, not as a day out, like they, we did better things, but we'd gone shopping <laughs> yeah. and they bought the Carol King Tapestry album. Brilliant album. Oh my word. Game changer. That was, I think my mum's decision to get that. And I, I took it for the week. I, that is what an album. Carol King Tapestry, a Smack Walker, Walter, uh, Walter Jack, all of that. Um, Will You Love Me Tomorrow? It's too late, baby. Oh, tune after tune. One album. One bad song on it. It's one of them where every album. song you'd skip back and watch, uh, listen to again. It's not. Yeah. I got a record player for my thirtieth, and someone gave me Carol King vinyl, like from oh. a charity shop, just in a, but just in a bunch, in amongst a bunch of records that they just picked up a load, and they said, "Oh, this is, I, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I listened to that album on Such vinyl." Good as well oh. it's incredible that album um yeah so you do you you must have gone to quite did you go to quite a few gigs with your stepdad when you were young um no we went to a couple um uh, they liked irish bands as well so uh part nice. irish family but that we we went to a few like it was tape cassette that was like car journeys in france that's that they, those were our mini gigs uh some band they had a song n17 uh, like the stone walls and the crossing street what they called uh but but there would be we just have tape because we never really went to gigs as a three i really started going to gigs uh with radio one and and um a couple of gigs at university went twice to see mr scruff who i think is fantastic as a five hours of um kind of i would describe it as he plays everything dancey music but not you just up and on your feet dancing around it's got a song called uh fish <laughs> it's like a fish, fish fish anyway i can't describe it you you, you need yeah, to yeah. be off it your face a little bit mr scruff the man from stockport i would happily go and see gigs like that that i i just knew that you know that would be That's great a fun. good name i like that and then what did as a teenager when you started choosing your own music what did you uh, uh stepbrother very much influenced me uh to be listening to hip-hop like that was it rap um and and you had the choice on your cd walkman you've got one album what you're taking for the day oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. and i was I that was it about that. one album unless you wanted to risk scratching a few cds so yeah naz illmatic was was the album for me when i had like an attitude at 14 like i got attitude like i'm from the streets of southampton uh, as opposed to queens in new york um but but yeah, so, so very eclectic, not really going to many gigs until, you know, yeah. but then it was the creme de la creme. I'd be side of the stage, not having to queue up, stand around, go for a pee whenever I wanted. Oh, so you I, went I, from, you went from uh, being a, t what, so what, you started working Radio 1 quite young? No, uh, I would have been 23, 24, around that. Yeah, yeah that's young. Yeah, no, went, I suppose. Yeah. That's when I but, started watching bands a lot about uh, that age. But then I was going to gigs and and seeing all of that. And then if there was a music festival gig, we could use our pass to to get in. I would I was never buying tickets to go to a festival. Oh, so it would like be the last thing I would do. I would be like, no, I'm off on a football tour. I'm off some. I'm not going to watch m music at a festival. I like it but I'm not going to get, so that's, I'm kind of one of those people, but then had the straight fast track into, Oh, so I didn't have to camp there that night. I didn't have to do any of that, but I can appreciate it. Um, and then why would I go backwards? <laughs> why would I go and yeah. camp somewhere? Oh, and, as a music know. fan, it's like, you can't, you can't go back into standard class on the aeroplane now. No. You've been in first. Yeah. Yeah. So you started watching gigs uh, for free. <laughs> VIP at the side of the stage and it kind of ruin it ruins that kind it of has real a bit. yeah yeah like going to Glastonbury because I'm doing the comedy tent and going oh Glastonbury's yeah it's all right isn't it it's cool but everyone's like I saved up to get here I've put all my money into this I'm gonna go and see every band and I'm like nah I'll be back next year when I get booked now it's fine 
real yeah. like it's almost like snobbery of, of the 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 pure um investment people have made to be at that festival i was always like oh yeah i'll just i'll go side of the stage it's fine it it, it does <laughs> like watching kings of leon with radio one in a tiny little ballroom theater in london for like 200 people and i'm watching kings of leon, and i'm like they're really good i like this i like their older i like the original album but yeah the first one but but i like this stuff this is great it, next to nahal from radio ruined it ruined that kind of investment oh, that you get yeah. into a band and go oh i've got to go and see them on tour if i don't i'll die you know all of that nonsense yeah, i never had that be, i was like you'd be there going fucking where's where's the free bottle of water what's this bullshit <laughs> yeah is it no uh no finger food no finger yeah. food yeah. that's a bit weird what's, what would you say is uh to finish off what would be what was the the best free this is what i want to know the best free gig you got into with radio one uh uh there was a really really cool night mumford and sons the maccabees bombay bicycle club laura Marlin, all performing in front of maybe a hundred people the most Good intimate God. i knew it was going to be a small one because radio one do a lot of that didn't they radio one yeah. radio two listeners but, uh, but just yes sorry people I know it's mad Jeez. and you're like you've got absolute diehard fans outside and then again imposter syndrome comes through you're like I shouldn't be in here I should give this ticket to a real fan who, who you know would you know kill for this ticket whereas I'm like this is good fun I've got nothing else to do this evening yeah let's do it yeah uh, it's all right I've, I've recorded I've recorded Killing Eve <laughs> this is fine as you're having volivons but it, oh, it, it, on, it, wait, one minute yes Zach Someone's at the door. Hang on, let me check if it's the delivery that I'm waiting for. One second. Hello, hello. <laughs> the dog's back. Sorry, sorry. The dog's we'll back. We'll wrap up. We'll do a good wrap up. Uh, you know the, how to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, Have you wrapped you've up? Been, You've been listening. Yeah, I, I just said all my things uh, and I left. I think the temper trap, uh, there you go. One one gig off the top of my head. Loved them, interviewed them, thought they were really cool. Uh, went up to Edinburgh to do my first ever show. And, and that, that, that album is synonymous with my first Edinburgh hour show, going up, watched them live. Um, just, just phenomenal. That's Didn't pay for package. the ticket. Saw them live, spoke to them, and they've uh, encapsulated a moment in time. Yeah, massively. I covered it all. That's it. Sweet disposition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Andrew Bird and Tom Deacon as they go through a clusterfuck of things. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wrap up better than that. Cheers, Deeks. It's been bloody brilliant to talk to you. Uh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Tom. See you later. <laughs> Podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.